Welcome to Indoctrination, a weekly conversation series about protecting yourself from systems of control. I'm your host, Rachel Bernstein. Hi, everybody. If you haven't already done so, please go to patreon.com slash indoctrination to become a supporter of the show. You'll get cool merchandise and you'll get a weekly check-in, a couple minutes of me chatting about a subject that I have not covered on a podcast episode. And that's my special gift to you for helping to sustain the show. Again, patreon.com slash indoctrination. Thank you so much. And today we have part two of my conversation with Roberta Blevins. She is someone who has been doing a lot of publicity to get people to really see how harmful the whole world of multi-level marketing can be. She began educating and speaking out against multi-level marketing in 2017 after she was involved as a consultant for three different MLMs, one of which was Lou LaRoe, which some of you have heard about. Since leaving MLMs, she has educated herself on the systemic structure of the business model and the psychological manipulation involved, the seedy underbelly and governmental ties, and also the history of multi-level marketing. She educates people daily on TikTok, so definitely check her out. And she podcasts in her free time, talking to the survivors and victims of these commercial cults disguised as she says, as the quickest route to the American dream. In the first part of our conversation, we talked about her first getting involved, and I talked about something called the sunk cost fallacy. Today, we're going to talk about what prompted her to leave and how she's doing ever since. Here's Roberta now. I had a friend uh, because I eventually brought something up that she didn't want to hear, who was often trying to get me to buy things and trying to get everyone to buy things and would bring brochures and other things to whatever we were doing. We were teaching together at some point. And so before you knew it, the staff had bought skincare and then had bought vitamins and then had bought cell phone plans and on and on and on and on. So what I did notice was that every once in a while, I'd be invited over to her home for dinner. She and her husband and they had two kids. And so they originally had a bigger apartment and then they said they were moving. And I thought because she said she was doing so well that she was moving to like a nicer place. So she invited me over. It was a smaller place. And then I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. And maybe they're downsizing for some other reason because she was very convincing about how wonderful this had been for her in her life. And then the third time I went over within about two year span, she invited me over for dinner. And then we all sat in the family room and ate dinner there instead of in the dining room, they had a dining room. And I thought, well, that's interesting, but I didn't say anything. And she actually said, oh, we've gotten more of a habit of eating in the family room. So I said, oh, fine, whatever, I don't care. But as I was walking 
to the door, I passed by what was their dining room and their bed was in it. And I thought, okay. So I finally said to her, are you like remodeling? Is something happening? Their bedroom was now all of their shelving for all of their products. And they no longer had a bedroom because that was the largest room in the house. So they actually moved their bed into the dining room and had lost a place to eat. So now they're eating on card tables in the family room. And so you could just see their life becoming kind of more limited and their space becoming more limited, all while this promise right around the corner was going to be, you know, these riches coming. And I finally had to say something. It was like these dual tracks. One was real. You could see it in real time. And one was this fantasy. And they just were getting farther and farther apart from each other. And then we lost the friendship over me saying something, which was too bad. Sounds like Amway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It started started as Amway, actually. Yeah. There's a term uh, in MLM called garage qualified. And that basically means that your garage or your bedroom is full of all of the product that you yourself have bought to qualify for your ranks and your trips and your bonuses. Because a lot of times in MLM, because it's a pyramid scheme, (laughs) buying what you need to do to hit your quota is oftentimes cheaper than the bonus that you will receive for doing that, right? So I remember in LuLaRoe, sometimes like you'd be like, oh, I need to buy 35 more pieces and you'd have to buy a 33 piece minimum order. So as long as you were over 33 pieces and you had to place an order, it wasn't a big deal. But if you were only like two pieces off, you'd still have to purchase an entire 33 piece order to hit that. Cause there's no way to, to purchase under, I think it's different now, but this was back then when they were still technically operating as a pyramid scheme. So people would be like, well, a box of leggings will cost me, you know, $500 and my bonus is $8,000. So yeah, I'll just buy a box of leggings because then my bonus is only $7,500. But then I can also sell those leggings and make my money back. So I'll get my money back because I'm buying something I can sell. So there's a lot of people that would end up just buying their bonus because why would, and I remember Mark saying something, he's like, if you're not participating in the leadership bonus plan and you don't understand how it works, you're burning my money every month is what he said. Wow. Yeah. So I remember that. Wow. There's like, just like a flash of that Uh right now. Um, And basically, yeah. Like if you're not part of this leadership bonus plan and it essentially was you had to buy and then you'd get a bonus. Incredible. That's incredible. And you had also mentioned the term uplines. So I know there's a whole vocabulary that is connected. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you can do kind of a tutorial for people listening, just some of the terms that are specific to this kind of environment. Um, so people, if people hear about that, it's sort of one of the other signs to look for. Like if someone's using this lingo, watch out. So go for it. Yeah, for sure. So the terms upline and downline are going to be the biggest red flags for you. That is basically your upline is the person that recruited you and your downline is anybody that you recruit underneath you. Anything to the side of you, they're going to call like lateral. MLMs will have their own like nomenclature. Like we had Lula sisters and your Lula grandma and your Lula mom and your Lula baby. Ridiculous. Um, And Cinegents, they call things like Cinna this, Cinna that. So you're going to have all these different like 
vernaculars for all these different MLMs, but the ones that stay the same is definitely going to be like upline and downline. They will call their recruiting bonuses commission checks. So, you know, you're never going to hear anything like, oh, that's a recruiting bonus. They're going to say, oh, that's a promotion or that's your, that's your, like your monthly bonus. That's your sales bonus. But there's a lot of double speak. It's very Orwellian in that way. There's a lot of like, we're saying this, but we really mean this. You're going to hear a lot of that double speak in the legitimization of this scam as a business, right? Because the ranks, they're, the ranks don't matter. They're just recruiting ranks. When I'm talking about things, sometimes I'll use the word hun. That's not a specific MLM. That's more of an anti-MLM thing. But a hun uh, is a slang term for anybody that sells an MLM because um, <laughs> they usually will start the conversation with, hey, hun. <laughs> so we just call them huns. If you're a guy, you're a hun bro. If you're very robotic and copy paste, you're a hun bot. And if you are a former MLMer, we will call that an ex-hun. And so you can actually find these hashtags. Um, and I, I use X hunt a lot, especially when we do like funny stuff, just so people can find it. And they're like, it's my people. You understand my jokes. <laughs> there is uh, so much dark comedy and catharsis in leaving these organizations and poking fun at the things and having these inside jokes. So we find a lot of dark comedy on the podcast as well. We talk about a lot of serious things and there is a lot of serious stuff that happens in multi-level marketing and in the anti-MLM world, but the comedy I think keeps us all together. And um, even when I talk to other cult survivors, like I talked to Sarah Edmondson because Nexium was an MLM, surprisingly enough. And we just have so much <laughs> in common in that way. And we were able to make fun of all these things. And I love that. I love the ex-hun and like these things. Anybody saying I've got a really great business opportunity, um, anything about unlimited income or unlimited opportunity, those are fallacies. There's no such thing as unlimited anything. Even shrimp has its limit, y'all. So there's, you know, if you do, if you do the math exponentially in a pyramid on the 15th level of perfect recruitment, you run out of people on earth. So it's mathematically impossible to live in this and work in this utopian MLM business structure. It just physically cannot work, especially since only 1% of people can be successful in a pyramid. That means out of every 100 people, only one of you will make any money. So gather your top 99 best friends in a room and decide which one of you is going to be the winner. Because mathematically, there cannot be 100% winners. There's only 1%. There's only 1%. So that means that 99% will fail. People are like, but, 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 but I can pass my upline and I can, I can rank over them. And I'm like, yes, but still only 1% succeeds. So now that you're succeeding, she's not. So you've just swapped places. It's like math, you guys, like numbers don't lie. Like, I don't understand how people argue. People will argue with me in the comment section of my TikTok videos where I break down the numbers and they'll be like, that's wrong. And I'm like, that's from your company's website. The numbers I got are literally from your income disclosure statement. So where is the wrong, where is it wrong? It's not wrong. You just don't like what I figured out. Like you just don't like the number because 5 million looks like a really big number. But when you break it down and it's like $12 a day, you're like, that's not very much. You know, with this whole idea also of the sunk cost fallacy, part of what people are saying where they're saying you're wrong, I think they're somehow saying, I'm not ready for you to be right. Right. Yeah. And that's that cognitive dissonance, right? right. Like, and I talk about that. I even made a video today and I was like, 
If you're watching this video and you're feeling that weird feeling, that's called cognitive dissonance. And that means that you are experiencing two conflicting sides where you're like, I believe this, but you're showing me factual evidence of the contrary. And I don't know how to feel about it. That's Jiminy Cricket going, um, (laughs) (laughs) don't ignore that. He's like, um, excuse me. I think you're in a pyramid scheme, hon. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I would love for you to kind of give a flavor, like a day in the life, you know, what, because right. I'm sure it's exhausting, but I want people to get a sense also as a red flag, like if you get involved in something that probably has that level of intensity where you need to be doing something and being in contact and you can't put your phone down and and, 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 then there was a book called Blown for Good, which was written by Mark Headley, who had been involved in Scientology. One of the things that I talk about that I really like about the book was that he talked about a few days on this base that he was living on and what it was like every minute the intensity and only being able to sleep a few hours and people pulling him in this direction and pulling him in that direction. And your heart starts racing just as you're hearing it, but you then can viscerally feel what it's like. So I'm just wondering a day in the life, sort of typically what it would have meant, what was included in that day for you? Every single day you wake up, you would check probably Facebook. You're in so many Facebook group chats and me being on the West coast, like everybody's been up for three hours already and they're already having conversations, right? So (laughs) this is something that still happens to me because we have so many Facebook group chats, like within the anti-MLM community too. You check those group messages. They're usually like a leader chat and then maybe like a smaller leader chat, maybe a different leader from different groups, like so many, like so many. So now you're checking in all these messages and sometimes I'm like, is there anything really important or is it just chatter? It's just chatter. We're just, we were watching Bachelor last night. I'm like, okay, so this is not important. Then you go into another one and it's like, oh, this is actually information. Like you need to disseminate this information. So some of them might be important. Some might just be chatter. I'm also a mom, right? So I'm having my daughter like, hey, get ready. I'm making her lunch. I'm getting her ready to go. Taking her to school, dropping off at school, coming back home immediately. When you get back home around 8 39 o'clock, most likely there's going to be some sort of Zoom call that you need to be on. It's going to be a training call or like a, a weekly update call, or it might just be a leader's call. Oh, do you have some time? We're just going to get a couple, a couple leaders in here. We're just going to pop in really quick and we're just going to like do a little coffee chat this morning. Okay. Now we're in a Zoom with a bunch of people. And this is all pre COVID. So, like, nobody's triggered by Zoom at this point. So, we're on Zoom and we're like, oh my God, how are you? And we're going to talk about how people are being kind of negative and how to deal with that. Oh, did you hear about this thing? We want to take distraction away from this because people are talking about this lawsuit. So this is what we want you to say about the lawsuit. You know, I'm not aware of the lawsuit and it doesn't impact my business. It's a lawsuit based on the blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much for your concern, but my business is thriving you know, copy paste, like, this is what we want you to say, or some iterate, some reiteration of this. Okay. Um, and usually like maybe at the end of the zoom call, they're like, okay, like some, maybe find some time today to do your own zoom call in your own team groups. And you'll sort of reiterate what mostly what we talked about, maybe only 80%, because 20% of it is proprietary to just the leader. So we're not going to mention this stuff, but you can sort of kind of talk about it this way with these people, if you use it this way, and just sort of disseminate this information, just what they need to know, which is very culty, right? Like already, like very culty, like you're not a leader, so you don't need to know what the leaders are talking about. 
But if you work your business hard enough, babe, like you could be a leader. And I think you're such a rock star that I think if we really wanted to hop on a call sometime this week, we could work something out where we could get you into the position where you could get into leadership. Like it's that sort of like, you're like, okay. Um, and you feel so much more important than you actually are, right? Because you think that you're a boss, babe. You think that you're this like girl boss with this fake feminism. Like, why can't we just say boss? Like, why do we have to add girl in front of things? Like for me, that like makes it like, it's very infantile to be like, I'm a girl boss. I'm not like, I'm not ready for like real bossness yet. I'm just a girl boss. So like that always sort of bothered me too. So you're right. I love the term fake feminism. That is it's so totally perfect. fake. It's so yeah. fake. And it's so rampant in MLM, this false femininity and, and feminism and just put your lipstick on and your husband will let you do whatever you want. You know, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> That's a thing. They say uh, well, that. you know, Deanne told us that we should all get on our knees five minutes a day and please our husbands so that he'd let you buy whatever you want. Okay. The LuLaRoe Huns were like, Deanne meant praying. And I was like, um, no, she didn't. <laughs> That's not what she meant. You guys let's stop. Stop being naive about that. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So that sort of stuff, you know, so then what would happen is I would probably make a Facebook announcement in the Facebook group. Hey, today at four o'clock, I'm going to go live and I'm going to talk about all the stuff that we need to talk about. Right. So I will schedule that for later. And I'm like ADHD brain. Don't worry about that. Now I've got a box, right? I'm checking UPS incessantly. I know I've got a box coming today. When's that box showing up? Oh my God, the box is here. I pull the box inside. I rip into that box. I'm opening up that box. I've got all this new inventory. I'm like, I'm going to go live and I'm going to do a little sneak peek in my sales group. I'm going to pop on. I'm going to go, oh my God, I just want to wait till everybody gets in here. We're opening up this box live. This stuff's going to be in the sale on Thursday. Get excited. You know, I mean, you've all seen it on Facebook. You've all been invited to one of these things. You all know what I'm talking about. Uh Um, (laughs) So, you know, you're showing every, everybody the sneak peeks, then what happens? And this is what happens on the backside. You're going to get about 50 people go, Oh my God, I've been looking for those clowns for the last six weeks. Could you set them aside for me? What size are they? Are they my size? Can I have them? I'm such a loyal customer. If you could just set them aside for me because I spend so much money for you. My cat died today and I'm so sad if I could just have those pants. And you're just like, wow. They're just <laughs> pants, lady. They're just pants. No, I can't set them aside from you. No, I'm not going to show you what size they are. Everybody wants them. They're the one thing that I'm using to get people to show up and you're not getting a Peggy. You'd get so many of these messages. Wow. But that's intense. It's like being a drug dealer though. I mean, yes. Intense. It's so, oh my God. It was so much like being a drug dealer. Not that I'm a drug dealer, but I would assume. Right. But I need this. I crave it. I have to. Tony Montana, like I've got the leggings for you. You're like, okay. Like all like, let's go. I mean, there was people jokes. Like, I think I joined a cult and I'm okay with it. And like, I remember posting that. I remember joking about it and being like, I think I joined a cult. Ha ha ha. Like, haha, foreshadowing, stupid. Like, I mean, I was just like, I can't believe it. 
ha, you know, then I'm going to make myself some lunch. Oh my God. Wait, this isn't even lunchtime yet. Yeah. We're, we're still, we're, we're around lunchtime now. Right. So I'm opening up these boxes. I did my sneak peek. Now I've got to take these pictures out. I've got to, I've got to count, make sure everything's there. I've got to make sure that if I have any duplicates of things that I'm setting those aside, I'm opening up and now I'm taking pictures of everything. And I got to get these done fast because I have an hour and a half and then I got to go get my daughter from school. So I'm dressing the mannequin, taking a picture, dressing the mannequin, taking a picture, doing them really quick, right? Getting that all done. Go get my daughter from school, come back home. Now I'm uploading them into a, a folder because we're going to have a sale later. I promised everybody these were going to be in the sale and I got to get them up because Peggy really wants those pants. I'm getting messages. Um, what time is the sale? Is it at five? Because I have to go pick up my dog. Yes. Like it's just incessantly bothering you all the time. It's not a regular job when you work at Target and you leave and you never have to deal with that. Excuse me. It's all, it's 24 seven, 365 all the time, all the time. It's like if you were selling things on Facebook marketplace all the time and you have to deal with those people all the time. Like that's what this is. And so, you know, I'm making dinner, I'm getting ready. Now I've got to go live. Oh, I forgot. I got to go live on my team page at four and I'm looking, Hey, can you uh, throw the lasagna in at four 30? Cause it takes an hour and I'm going to be in the middle of this thing. Like, can, and then I'm like texting, did you throw the lasagna in while I'm there? It was just so much. And I felt like I am doing it all. I'm so busy. I'm juggling all these balls and I'm still getting it all done. What a boss babe I am. How amazing I am. No wonder people want to join my team. Like I'm killing it all day, you know? And it was just like, who is that person? I'm not that person. That is not who I am. And so like even seeing myself in some of those old like videos, because everything's still up. I, I leave it up because the humility keeps me humble. Check out what I did. Like... <laughs> You know, I don't know who that person is and I use it as a teaching tool. You know, I'm like, check out this cringe. Look what I did. It's okay if you're doing this right now because look where I am right now. Like it, you can get out of this and you can change, you know, by the end of the day, you know, you've had your sale and now what you're going to be doing is you're going to be putting your kids to bed and you're going to be spending the evening on the couch sending invoices while you pretend to watch television with your husband. Oh yeah. Can you go back? I missed that. No, you're not paying attention. We're not doing this. Like put the phone down, but I can't because so-and-so didn't get her invoice and I need to send the invoice because she has to pay, but this person can't pay till next Thursday when they get paid. So can I hold their order? Plus they're probably going to want to buy more stuff until then. So I, can I just combine all the shipping? It's wild, Rachel. It was wild. It was absolutely wild. And every day, I mean, not every day was that intense, but at least two or three of those things would happen every single day. That is like the most intense, you know, and it's like going to the events is the same where you're on this sleep deprivation schedule and everything is like planned out minute by minute. You're, you're getting out of one thing, but it ran late. Oops. So now we're rushing to the hotel to change into our outfits for the night, to call the Uber, to get in the Uber, to make it to the place, to go to the thing. And we're 15 minutes late and we missed it. It was always, always like that. I remember feeling sick, like when I would get home from it and like have vacation sickness of like, I just need like two or three days to like recoup from those two or three days I just had. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I think it's so interesting because what you just highlighted is two things. One is it's almost entirely across the board, how it is when people are involved in cults. Or when people are in relationships with controllers or narcissists, where they're constantly having to think about what this other person needs for me and wants for me and how I can also look good while I'm doing it, you know, <laughs> right. um, 
and have everything done because they don't want to be bothered with hearing me complain. So I need to also be fine with everything all the time and be happy and up, 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 up. And that is hard. Yeah. And plus you have to be on call 100% of the time for your children. And you have to be on call 100% of the time for your husband and your family, your wife, your partner, whoever it is that you have. But then you also have to be 100% on call for your customers too, because you could set boundaries. You absolutely could. But in a saturated market, if you're not there, they'll find the next person, right? If I'm not there to answer the question, they'll go to somebody else. And that's another problem with MLM is there's so many people doing it. You're kind of undercutting and overcutting and, and cutting everybody off. I can do that for you. I mean, Honestly, if you want to see it in real time, you can go to any MLM company's Facebook page whenever they launch a new product. And it'll be like, check out our new face cream. And then underneath in the comments, it'll be like, this company is so amazing. I love this face cream. I'm a consultant and I got it. If you'd like to try it, here's my link. And it's literally all the consultants being like, here's my link if anybody wants to try it. Because it's like chum in the water. Right. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for that, because I'm sure just thinking back on those kinds of days probably does make your heart race. Just oh about Woo! Um, and that you did it, you know, I mean, I think it's incredible. I mean, I was also thinking raising my kids and having a practice, having a podcast. There were days that I thought I should get a gold star just for not forgetting someone anywhere. I pick them up. You're like, one, two, three, four, five. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. And they're fed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't leave them at school. And they're mostly clean. And we're good. They're mostly clean. That's winning. That's a C plus. (laughs) That's a C plus. But I do think it's also interesting to hear about the transition out, right? Because with that intensity and with the riches right around the corner and the, come on, you can't give up now. How do you say goodbye to that? What what was your turning point, breaking point? What was it? So oddly enough, I have multiple friends who have not only been in cults, but have famously spoken out against them and been advocates for them as well. And so for me, it was really weird that I got sucked into one, knowing that I had such strong role models in my life that had literally already paved the way so that I didn't have to do this, but they were not in multi-level marketing. They did other things. And so for me, I missed all the signs, right? Um, I missed all the regular signs, but I didn't miss the cult signs. I missed this isn't really a business sign. I miss that this isn't really a sisterhood. This isn't really a friendship. This isn't really an opportunity. This isn't really viable. But I didn't miss the really obvious love bombing, not the little bit of love bombing when I would be like, I don't know. And they're like, here's a trip. It'd be like the, yeah, no, but that question. Okay. But you didn't answer my question. Like, could you answer my question? It got to the point where I was like asking questions and the canned responses that they had always given me. I'm like, yeah, no, you said that last time I'm going to need a little bit more. And then they couldn't give me more. Then things like uh, the cognitive dissonance, right? Like I'm seeing stolen prints in my hands. I'm seeing returned items in my own hands, wet clothes in my own hands, and I'm being gaslit. Hold, that's not happening. And I'm like, I'm literally wringing water out of them. What do you mean it's not happening? 
oh, well, that's so weird. That's never happened to anybody else. I said, this is actually the third time it's happened to me. I've just hadn't said anything since. Like I was embarrassed. I was really embarrassed that I got defective things because I was like, crap, people can't know that I got crap. They're going to be like, this is a pyramid scheme. We told you, you know, like I just knew like someone was going to be like, I told you that it seemed too good to be true. So I just remember being like, oh crap. Okay. It's a one-off, no big deal. But then being like, no, I'm literally wringing water out of them. And they're like, that's so weird. Did you like leave them out in the rain? Oh, I love that it's you. Like an immediate turnaround to you. Yeah, like maybe UPS left the boxes outside. And I was like, then they would be wet. Everything would be wet, not just this one thing. One thing is wet, not everything. And so that's so weird. And I'm like, it's not though. It's not weird. Like there's something up. I just, hmm, like you're just the only one. And it just, like the gaslighting and this cognitive dissonance of me being like, you're telling me it's not happening. I'm holding it though. And I'm like, what is happening? And I remember there was this woman who was speaking out against LuLaRoe anonymously. And they were like, can you go see what she's talking about? We don't want people like, we trust you to like see, cause like you were a blogger and she has a blog, which is literally the only qualification I had to read someone's blog was that it was, it was ridiculous. I don't know why I was chosen to spy, but I was, can you go see like what she's talking about? And like, if it seems real. And I remember reading that blog and being like, holy shit. Oh okay, if this is real, what? And some of the things seemed so outlandish to me. I'm like, there's no way this is happening. And then I'd read a blog post where I'm like, oh my God, that happened to me. So then I'm like, if this one's true, could the other one be true too? So I read it every single day. You know, they said, okay, well, you don't need to read that blog anymore. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, she just, she just seems like a blogger. Like, no, no, nothing to look at over here. Okay. Thank you so much. And I would read it every day. I would check it every day. That became the new thing I did. I was no longer checking my Facebook messages in the morning. I was checking this blog and I was reading what was new. And because I was not allowed to join the Facebook group I wanted to join, I had to get my information like this because they had spies in those Facebook groups. And if they saw current consultants in there, they would report you. It's insane. So you had to be very secretive with trying to get information. Awkwardly, like asking, I would reach out to my old downline that had left because we stayed friends. What are you hearing? It's like, I, I don't know. Like things are weird. And I do research. And again, it was like, it was really hard to find anything. But again, I was not reaching out to as many anchors as I should have been. I was reaching out internally a lot. I was reaching down and being like, are you experiencing this stuff too? They'd be like, yeah, what do we do? And I'm like, I don't know. And I felt like the blind leading the blind. I was like, something is going on, but I cannot figure out what it is, but it's very culty and it's very weird. And they're lying to us. And I, that's my one thing. Like my kid knows, like she can, she can do all kinds of things. But the one thing that I do not stand for is lying. So when she, you know, when I started noticing the lies, I couldn't ignore it. I was like, they're lying to us. They're absolutely lying to us. I'm experiencing, I'm being gaslit. I decided like I needed to get away from LuLaRoe. I just, I couldn't do this anymore. I needed a break. I needed to clear my head. And I think I took like a week off. I just was like, I'm just going to take like a little mental health break, you know? And I watched Leah Remini's show and I burst into tears. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in a cold. I knew it. There was, it was like a reunion episode with Leah and Mike and, and everybody was there sitting on the couch. And they were all telling stories of things that had happened to them. 
And I had a LuLaRoe example for every story they told. I was like, no, that happened to me at LuLaRoe too. Not as severe, but this, and I had an example and it was like my first, it was my first experience with like a bite model style checklist of like, that's happened to me too. Me, huh? Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it was wild. Right. So then I was like, oh my God, am I in a cult? So then I started doing some more research and I, I realized I got to get out of this. I, I got to figure out what it is and I got to figure out what's going on. And there's no way I'm ever going to be able to figure out what MLM is while in an MLM. Like I need to get out of this. My brain is being poisoned. So I decide I'm going to leave and I stupidly reach up to my upline and I'm like, I think I'm going to leave. And of course, well, we need to get on the call. We need to get on the phone. We need to, go. I need to, why, why, what's going on? Let's talk about this. You've put so much time and effort into this sunk cost fallacy, girlfriend. And I'm like, Oh, I have put time and energy, but I, I'm good though. Like I, I think I can leave it behind. I don't think I have attachment to this time and energy anymore. Oh my God. But it's like, you're going to miss Halloween. You're going to miss Christmas. Like there's going to be like these amazing leggings. Like you should see what's coming out. It's incredible. You know, I just, I, I, I just, I can't, I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I, I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm in a cult. Like I, I'm not a good mom. I'm, I'm snappy. I have anxiety. I can't do this. Like I don't recognize myself anymore. I can't look myself in the mirror. I can't lie to people anymore. Like it does not work. This, the bubble has burst. Like I can't do this. Like you're asking me to lie and I cannot. The money I am making is not worth what I am doing to make it. And that's another thing, you know, people will say to me, oh, you only left LuLaRoe because your bonus checks and your money dried up. I never not got a bonus check in LuLaRoe. Every single, from the very first month I was in until the month that I left, I got a bonus check every single month I was in LuLaRoe. I made money every single month I was in. There was income every single month. So I didn't leave because of money. I didn't leave because of that. I left because I was going crazy. I left because I physically could not do it anymore. Like I would have anxiety attacks over birthday candles. I was becoming like this person. I didn't even recognize a shell of a person. My kids were like, mom, can we just go swimming and you not take pictures of stuff for once? And I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we got to get rid of this, right? So she tries to convince me to stay. And I know that the only thing that is going to get her off the phone is agreeing. Okay, I'll stay. I'll stay. We'll stay until January. We'll stay until the end of the year. Okay. I need you to stay until the end of the year, Roberta. I need you to stay. Okay. I knew I just had to lie to her because there was no way I was going to get off the phone with her. She was just so convincing. And I, I knew that I needed to get away. So I, I said, I'm done. I got to get out. Okay. I uh, will stay until January. It sounds good. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No problem. And I went home and my husband was like, did you quit? And I was like, no, I didn't quit. She convinced me to stay until January. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, shit or get off the pot. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. And I think I sat there for about a half an hour, just in silence, like really thinking. And then I, I wrote up, I wrote up a Facebook post and I was like, I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'm ending my LuLaRoe business. I'm going out of business. It's been wonderful, you know, and you fill it with all kinds of bullshit, positive rhetoric because you don't want anybody coming after you for any reason, especially in the state that I was, I didn't want anybody coming after me. I tried to be as kind and it just doesn't work for us. And I just, you know, I want to focus on this other thing that we're doing and I just want to get away from this. And thank you so much for the opportunity. And it's been a wonderful time and I love everybody and blah, 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 blah. I'll still support you and where blah, blah, whatever I needed to say to get the fuck out. And uh, I hit send. 
we hit send and it went out there and it was like so many people like oh my god really you're leaving and I was like yep just got to uh within 15 minutes I had a very angry text message from my upline that was like we said January and I'm like you told me you were gonna stay how could you do this to me like and I was just like wow like it's I am just another brick in the pyramid like and I'm a load-bearing brick and so you're very angry <laughs> because I can mess a lot of things up Wow, it's so powerful. It's really important, actually, that you talked about this final conversation. Here's the thing, though, right? I'm, I'm a smart, educated woman. How did I fall for this? How did it get me, right? I could not, again, with ADHD, could not let it rest. I couldn't. How did I get involved in this? Are all MLMs like this? Is it all like this? How is this legal? How does this happen? Why is this going on? How long has it been going on? How come no one says anything? Why isn't anybody talking about this? These were all questions that were in my head and I had to find the answers to. And spoiler alert, I do have the answers. I have, I have figured them all out. But for me, it was this conundrum of like, how? How? Right. Right. I mean, I think, you know, you answered so much of that in our conversation and, and also in those kinds of conversations. I, I guess I really want people to hear that when you're saying your goodbye, you don't have to say anything really, like, because you should just be able to leave. So if you actually are wanting to show that kind of respect and have a conversation, I think whatever helps you get through the conversation, if you need to leave a conversation without being screamed at or accused of something, because that would just be too hard for you, then say what you need to say, because really people have the freedom to just go. And you can have the conversation, you can choose not to. But I think it's really good that you kind of learned that you had to play the game so that you could just make it through that next step, and then you could be free. And I'm so glad that you were free. And now tell people where they can hear you and watch you, et cetera, et cetera. Go for it. Yeah, um, I'm everywhere. I'm very easy to find. So uh, if you're an Instagrammer, you can find me on Instagram. I have two different accounts. I have the real Roberta Blevins, where you're going to find my advocacy, some MLM comedy, some news, what I'm up to. And then the pod, my podcast has an Instagram as well. And it's life after MLM podcast is that Instagram account. So those are the two you'll, you'll find me on IG. I'm also on TikTok. We have a lot of fun on TikTok. That's probably my favorite place because it's just fun. We do a lot of infotainment is what I call it. So a lot of, we do a lot of mini dives into anti uh, into MLM companies. Um, lots of people going, hey, can you look into Color Street for me? Can you look into Avon? And so I'll do these little three minute videos where we go through the income disclosure statement. We check it out and we prove that, nope, this is also one that is, is not going to be profitable for you. We'll talk about different things that happen with the FTC. They just sent out a bunch of letters yesterday. So we talked about that. Sometimes we'll talk uh, in the month of October, we did a lot of true crime stuff, talking about different MLM companies and different MLM horror stories. We did that on the podcast. Uh, that was really fun too. So, you know, it's it's the podcast. Um, I'm on the Solid Listen Network. You can find me anywhere you listen to podcasts. I think I'm on all of the podcasting apps, Life After MLM. It's got a pyramid with a Band-Aid on it. You'll see it and you'll go, oh, okay, I know exactly that one. That's that. me. And yeah, I'm really easy to find. So my TikTok is Berta Like Whoa. My Twitter is also Berta Like Whoa. So W-H-O-A is how you spell that. If you want to learn about MLMs and you want to learn about it in a compassionate, funny, 
welcoming, safe place. I welcome ex-Huns. I welcome current Huns. I welcome people that are fascinated by it and have absolutely no idea. I welcome people that are like, my mom sold Avon. What? I want to learn more. Um, I've never met anybody that hasn't been touched by MLM, whether you joined one, whether someone you love joined one, whether you got sucked into buying something you didn't need. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. You're so well-informed and also looking at it legally. It's all really good. So thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much, Rachel. If you ever need anything or have any questions about pyramid schemes, hit me up. I will remember that. Thank you. Really. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. One more thing before you go. Thank you to Roberta. It was a pleasure to continue my conversation with her. She has so much enthusiasm about sharing what she's gone through with the public, and I'm so happy for it. It is so important for people to know that when they get involved in something where they have to put money in before they can make money, where they have to buy product so that they can hopefully make a profit, you wind up very often with a lot less than you started and a lot of years that have gone by for you to get a lot less than you started with. So I want to be able to talk a little bit about Roberta and the guilt she said she felt afterwards because she knew as a good saleswoman, she was good at convincing people to buy in. And she was very good at convincing people that this was a great idea and would hold success for them in their future. As she put it, she said she became a predator. That's not something you ever want to call yourself. It is something that is so difficult to look at. And her honesty here is truly impressive. But when you start to feel like a predator, you want to understand that if you're doing it on your own, then that's an issue you have and you need to address it and get help with it. If you're doing it because it's part of the system of an organization that you belong to, then the system is turning you into something or bringing out something in you that you never want to have and to use and to be. And so the system itself doesn't care about how you are behaving in the world anymore and the sort of things that you're going to start to say and do and feel okay about that you would not have felt okay about before. What happens though, when you are engaging in behaviors that you know are wrong, you might not be aware, but subconsciously you'd be aware. You can start to have certain feelings. And I know from talking to some of my clients that they started to have certain feelings where they suddenly didn't feel deserving of happiness and they felt a certain sadness. They felt like it would be okay if they lost everything because they didn't deserve to have good things anymore. Some people also started to have nightmares. The ones who were very good at recruiting new members into groups that they had started to have doubts about, but that they couldn't admit it yet, or they weren't willing to look at it yet, or it was still so important to be loved and to be respected by the people in the organization that they were still willing to do a lot of things against their conscience just to stay 
in favor with the people in charge. When the things that you are doing are making you feel bad about yourself, but they are lauded and praised and rewarded and seen as positives and achievements in the group that you're in, you want to see that as something emblematic of the lack of health and emotional safety in a group that will raise you up kind of the food chain in that group the more you do things that work for them, the more money you bring in from people who can't afford to spend it, the more people you recruit into an organization and take them away from their life path that probably held much more security for them. What happens too from hearing from a lot of my clients is that they started when they were noticing they were engaging in these behaviors and feeling guilty and but not yet feeling ready to stop or feeling like it would just be too difficult to change the course of their life at that time. They were starting to feel like there was something wrong with them, sort of dirty. I had a client who said that she found herself taking very long showers almost to wash away the stench, the after effect of the behavior that she had just engaged in, where she convinced someone of something she knew was not true. And what you want to make sure to do is also see if some of this behavior is causing you to be edgy with your loved ones, with the people who are looking up to you, with the people who love you, with people who assume that you're doing wonderful things, but you know you're not. If you start to get edgy and angry, if you start to get impatient with them, that's usually your guilt shining through. It's trying to speak to you. It's trying to guide you. And I want you to listen to it. It's not important how people in these groups see you, although at the time it feels like the most important thing. It's not important how people who are running a well-oiled machine like an MLM see you. They will like you if you do more that feeds them. What matters more is how you see yourself. Because if you look at your behavior and you are then looking down on yourself, then that's something you want to make sure to use as a motivation. To not beat yourself up for it, but instead to say, what change do I need to make? What do I need to do differently? And maybe what do I need to say goodbye to in order for me to be more aligned with myself and with my conscience? Because I think that's one of the most important things in the world, to have your conscience guide you. And if you're involved in a group that's telling you to ignore your conscience, it not only means that they don't care about the people you're going to be recruiting and the money you're going to be bringing in, but they ultimately don't care about you and they don't care about how much that's going to wear away at you. You're worth so much more than that. And they say, let your conscience be your guide. Make sure that it speaks louder than anyone else in the room. Talk to you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Please support Indoctrination on Patreon at patreon.com slash indoctrination. Be sure to give us a follow on our social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram using at indoctrination podcast. 
And for Twitter, find us at at underscore indoctrination. We love hearing from you too. So send us an email at indoctrinationshow at gmail.com. And for more updates on the show, visit our website at www.podpage.com forward slash indoctrination.